The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on this is Sunday. About the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Guys, up, kitty up. Welcome to Failure to Stop, number one show where police meet society and culture. Today, you have stumbled into the Friday breakdowns. You're breaking down a case out of, I don't even know how to say the name of this place, Harupa, California. Uh, it's going to be a, a major breakdown, major breakdown. This is a, one of the best endings to one of the most tragic cases I think we've covered on here, but this is a case that I promised you I would revisit. Uh, and so I'm going to hold true to that. Today's show is brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack and Manscaped. Manscaped slash Wolfpack. Manscaped is back with a new beard trimmer and read to follow. So get ready for that. Uh, if you want to like and support the show, if you want to go that extra mile, leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podkite, wherever it is, Google. Uh, just leave us a five-star rating and a review if it allows you to do so. If you want to go the extra mile, be a paid member. Gets us new equipment. Gets us able to get out of the office and go on the road and travel and do meetups like we have coming up April 12th in Clayton, North Carolina, just outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. If you want to fly into Raleigh, we've got shuttles going back and forth to the hotel in Clayton, North Carolina, where we're going to have our meetup with the One More and I'm Out of Here podcast, guys. We have people flying in from all over the place, taking over the hotel in that little town. Uh, the meetup will be at Instill Distilling Company at a rum distillery and then followed by a meet and greet at our studio. There'll be some more dwarves and drinks. So if you want to come in town for that, that is Wednesday, April 12th. And so go there for that. Also, I think we're getting super chats back up. Uh, maybe we're out of YouTube jails or not. So if you want to try to send us a super chat, it also goes to, uh, you know, getting some more shoulder length dresses for Andrea Uplate or some more cigarettes for Jonathan Bates. But uh, we appreciate you guys' support. Um, before we jump into today's show, do we have any any, any reviews and ratings from? Uh, thank you, guys. I'm joined always by my co-host, Drew Breezy, the host of Com Center with Jonathan Bates. Uh, Drew Breezy, easy Drew Breezy. Why don't you read those reviews for me, buddy? Wolfpack Assemble, first of all. Second of all, this comes from... Uh, Amcam1473. It's a five-star review and it's titled, This Gets Me Through Life, because mm. there's an exclamation point at the end. The only podcast I keep coming back to. As soon as an episode is released, I'm there. I can uh, I never can make it to the lives, but these lovely people help me get through work and my multiple hobbies. Let's go wolf pack. Oh woo! Drew cannot read anything without reading it exact. Can somebody please throw in an anchorman for me where it's like, <laughs> like ask a question or something crazy? Like, I don't know. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. All right. We got another review. We do. Uh, you want me to do this one too? Of course, dude. CMTZAZ. I don't know how you would say that. Says, thank you. It's another five-star review. With all the garbage on traditional radio and news, the mixture of topics covered on this show keeps me checking every day for new episodes. Truly a great podcast. Aww. Thank you. Thank you, CM Tizaz. Mm -hmm. And Rog Jorts uh, says, Hungry Like the Wolf Pack, which is a <laughs> throwback to a Duran Duran song from 1985. 
Uh, this show is quite commonly referred to as the food pyramid of podcasts. Whether you have an appetite for the energetic rants of host Eric Tanzi, complete luscious locks, or if you crave the salt and pepper tones from the charismatic Drew Breezy, this show has you covered. But if that isn't enough for you, maybe you try the delectable shoulders of the very own Sherlock Holmes of true crime, Andrea Uplate, and top all of that off with the magnificent bearded cherry, often referred to as John. Oh, that was wonderful. What a wonderful review. The only thing you forgot is our beautiful legless comrade. Uh, dead leg medium old Joshua from, from dead leg media, but that was a beautiful review. Thank you so much. Uh, my head is that much bigger. I am the man. I am the goat. I am the greatest of all time. And by I, I mean, failure to stop podcast channel is the greatest of all time. Uh, what a team we have. Don't we don't, don't Drew, we have a fucking team, dude. I watched remember the Titans team, last man. night. And all I thought was that's the failure to stop crew minus the black people. We need more persons of color on this channel. It's not like we haven't tried. It's not like we haven't tried to get a person of color on this show. We tried to get Dexter Pitts yeah. on our Mondays. Uh, he shot us down because oh, we're ex- I, I can't commit to every Monday because uh, I have a real job and a real family. <laughs> right. I got to give time to my kids. I have to work like and be a family baby. man. Tip- stereotypical black guy. I guess. But uh, you got any news for us? I do. Uh, There's a couple of things brewing around in the news. First of all, I don't want to bring anybody down, uh, but there was an unfortunate line of duty death in Chicago the day that uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot was defeated in her runoff. And um, subsequently, David Brown, the chief of police, uh, stepped down or is stepping down. Uh, But uh, unfortunately, we lost uh, a member of the Chicago Police Department. He was killed, shot and killed. Uh, there was also a, an unfortunate suicide of the New York Police Department. Somebody that was involved in an officer-involved shooting a few months back uh, took his own life. He was 22 years old. So please dial that 988 if you ever feel that urge or DM or call me direct or talk to Eric or do something. But uh, don't take matters in your own hands. What we're Let us do it talk- for you. Don't take matters yeah, let in us your do own hands. Let you. us do it for you. So you still it, go to In heaven. fact, if you get a hold of John Bates, Jonathan, he will explain to you how horrible his life is and you'll be, you'll think that you're on top of the world. Yeah. If that guy can go on and live every single day without killing himself, you can too. Yeah. And he draws it. Well, uh, this is uh, an article titled man accused of murdering three Kentucky law enforcement officers and Sheriff canine kills himself in jail. Yes. This took place in Floyd County, Kentucky. There was a guy named uh, Lance Stortz. I think we have a picture of him somewhere was accused of killing three Floyd County law enforcement officers, as well as a police canine during an ambush attack last summer. Now authorities say he's dead as a result of a suicide, WKYT reported. Yes. According to the Floyd County Commonwealth's attorney, Brett Turner, the accused cop killer took his own life at the Pike County Detention Center Tuesday morning. Authorities did not reveal the manner of death. Uh, Police were serving a domestic violence order on Thursday, June 30th, 2022, when Stortz opened uh, opened fire on law enforcement. Um, So it was Captain Ralph Frazier and Officer Jacob Chaffins of the Prestonburg Police Department, along with Deputy William Petrie and K-9 Drago of the Floyd County Sheriff's Office, who were shot and killed during that encounter. Five Mm. others were also wounded. Uh, He was taken into custody following uh, an hours-long standoff. Uh, They said that he was wearing body armor and used a high-powered rifle. 
Uh, and the quote from the sheriff was, uh, they encountered pure hell when they arrived and they had no chance. This guy had a plan and he pretty much executed the plan almost to precision. So um, we're going to go, like, I don't root for death. I don't root for suicide in any uh, normal circumstance, but this guy saved uh, a lot of taxpayers, a lot of money. It's not going to bring the officers back, but uh, certainly uh, goes right in line with uh, what we're going to be talking about today. I mean, you know, people, repeat offenders, they're just dangerous. They don't, they don't, they don't want to go back to jail and they don't want to go back to prison and they very selfishly take members of our community out just because of their selfishness. Let me go on the record. I am pro suicide in some cases. Um, I feel like it's the Japanese, the, the Japanese kind of thought on that. If you have failed society, not because you're boohoo sad, but if you have failed society because you have murdered um, or because you have abused or you have diddled or you have done something just really heinous. I think really the only honorable and noble way out is to take your own life. Go ahead and kill yourself. Uh, I'm a proponent of that. So I know Drew's not a proponent of death. I think it's an honorable way out, honestly. I think that's one of the only redeemable ways out. If you've diddled a child ever in your life as a grown adult, go ahead. Leave this world. We give you. Yeah, how about it? Uh, I, le- I leave you my uh, my graces on that. I I I get it. I just uh, for personal karmic reasons, right, I don't root right. for death. Yeah, I got you. I respect it. I re- I don't agree with it, but I respect it. Now, listen. Today's breakdown is something I promised you I would do on another episode. Uh, go ahead and play that so that I can show you that I promised and I'm making my promise come true today. This is a rewind from a few months ago to your charges than not showing up to your own sentencing hearing. So this guy in no way, shape, or form should have been roaming the streets. I, I don't care what she set the bond at because there's there are media reports that she actually actually doubled the the minimum allowable bond and all this. I don't care. That, that guy should have been in custody. There's no reason that guy should have been roaming the streets because, again, what does he have to lose? And what's every fear uh, that you've dealt with as an officer who's, you know, like the career criminal you're going to arrest. He's, he's told his, um, he's told his significant other, uh, I'm not going back alive. I'm not going back to prison. And then your, your, your job, Eric, is to go arrest that guy. And my question here is, is why, why is it that the criminal justice system feels the need to reduce every single crime that the police, I don't know of a case that I ever took in that wasn't, that they didn't cut a plea deal. And I, now I've heard, and, and I think what we're going to do is a follow up to this episode, because I'd like to get, I'd like to get a, uh, a, a DA in here. I'd like to get a DA and say, what, why is it that you feel like it's okay for these repeat defense, repeat offenders to get a break every freaking time? So I promised you heard it. And with that, I'm holding true to my word. I have brought on a real DA. uh, He was a a prosecutor at one time, a high profile case prosecutor. And now he is uh, uh, a defense attorney. And uh, so uh, bringing him, he's from the One More and I'm Out of Here podcast, which is actually coming down. Uh, Mr. Rob Herking, I have one question for you really quick, uh, Mr. Herking, and that is, why are you gay? I'm always a happy person, Eric, when I'm on here with you, buddy. You and Breezy. 
You Although looking at the candle in the background at Breezy Studio, I guess that Why word could be interpreted gay? differently. You are gay. Uh, and you still don't get the fact that a DA is not. Go ahead. I'm sorry. A no, DA, a DA in your instance stands for D assassin, correct? Uh, no, that's Carol. Okay. Dan Carol. Got the it. D- the dick assassin. Um, have you seen that? In, have you seen the Instagram clip with the uh, the African guy with the gay rights activist? <laughs> have you seen this video? Nice. No, I have not. So he brings her onto the news, and this is what he says. Why are you gay? <laughs> He's pretty direct. We can learn you something from that. You are gay. <laughs> you are gay. I've watched that video clip. 1,000 times. And I can't stop. Like, anytime somebody says, I got a question, I go, I have a question for you. Why are you gay? You are gay. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, you know, um, all jokes aside, we are super stoked to have you guys coming in town um, from all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio. The only thing, the only good thing that's ever come out of Ohio is the one more and I'm out of your podcast. And we're going to have them with us live uh on august uh april 12th april 12th on wednesday that's going to be a really fun week and we're, we're excited to throw down with you guys uh for today's uh today's case we're talking about a cop killer um named william shea mccray who was 44 years old uh william mccray had a very very long criminal history before he took away isaiah cordero's life deputy isaiah cordero's life and, and we're gonna have some questions for you but just to give a little reference a little backstory on this um this this stems from from a judge and and I kind of titled the show is is that the judge is pretty much at fault for this cop's death and and, and I truly believe that she really is but um, I mean does anybody disagree with that at all? No, actually the sheriff uh, in a press conference uh, the the sheriff the, uh, if I'm not mistaken he was the second one killed in Riverside County that month maybe or or even that week. Uh, separate instance, but the, but the sheriff Chad Bianco uh, literally came out and said that he, he he said, "Look, if if the judge had done her job, this this young deputy would be alive." Right. One of the family members from the deputy is says, uh, "Judge Kara Hudson, uh, my family is devastated. My son was a good man. My family, Isaiah's brothers and sisters, demand your resignation. Of course, she's not going to resign. Um, and you know what? Though when, when I see her picture, she is stereo. I mean." She has that face. She has that very Kamala Harris looking face where it's it's like I've even had magistrates like that where it's like they are so anti-law enforcement that they 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 get giddy when they let somebody off like that. Uh, she's actually flirtatious about it. Like she's she has a grin in her face that she's let this guy go. Um, I'm going to give you a little backstory on on McCray. He had a very long criminal history. He had a, a pattern of fleeing from police, led to violent confrontations. Uh, he, he, so his, California is a three-strike state. We'll talk about that here in a second with Rob because he knows more about that than I do. But, but there's a three strikes, and, and basically if you get three felonies on your third felony, you're out, and you go to jail for a very long time. But this guy's first felony came in 1999. He pled guilty to an assault with a firearm, and he spent only three years in prison. The second felony that he got was in 2005 when he was an accomplice. Uh, he and an accomplice attacked a sleeping couple in their apartment and stole their safe of $3,700. He was sentenced to 13 years in prison after pleading guilty to first-degree robbery and two counts of assault. 
Um, but he was out on parole. And in 2021, a woman alleged that she had been held in prisoner by McKay um, and two other people from March 23rd to March 27th. So she was held captive for four days. Uh, Lisa Little said that she had been house sitting for McCray while, while he was in custody in another case. As if the 2005 case, he should have been in prison in 2005, but he didn't do 13 years at all. Um, and so he's already in, involved in another case. So she's having to house sit this house. Um, she left the house for a few few hours and it got burglarized. According to court records, uh, McCray lured her back to the house. And once she was there, he punched her several times in the face, told her he was going to kill her and her mother. He duct taped her wrists and her ankles. He held her at the house until she escaped and fled to a nearby home. Now, when he when the whole story, I read the whole backstory is he duct taped her, duct taped her mouth, duct taped portions of her face before he punched it. I don't know what that does. Maybe it keeps the skin from breaking. But he punched her in the face every time and then moved her to various parts of the house while tied to a chair while they used her credit cards to uh, purchase a whole bunch of stuff. Um, after five, uh, after four days, she was able to get out of the duct tape finally and she ran to a neighbor's house. And so that's where we brought him over today. Um, the, the, that chase, um, when the deputies got to the house, that led to a, a a vehicle chase where he jumped out of his vehicle and ran, then stabbed a police canine. Um, McCray, uh, McCray, a conviction, and this would have been his third strike should have held 25 years to life. Um, on October 21st, uh, he was, he, he didn't have a jury trial, but he chose to have a bench trial. Um, on November 8th of 2021, Hudson, the judge Hudson found him guilty of false imprisonment evading a peace officer, making criminal threats likely to result in death or great bodily injury uh, and receiving stolen property. Hudson also found that McRae had two prior strikes and that his crime was his third. But after the nine-day trial, she found him not guilty of the kidnapping. She also agreed to reduce his bail from $950,000 to $500,000 despite an objection by Deputy District Attorney Tess Ponce. Same day, the judge learned that federal prosecutor had charged Little with smuggling nearly 48 pounds of meth and six pounds, like 48 pounds of meth. This isn't just like some kind of small drug charge. Six pounds of fentanyl. How many people with this fentanyl? I, I just saw a fentanyl overdose at the skate park last week. Uh, fentanyl is killing tons of people. He, he got caught smuggling six pounds of fentanyl across the U.S.-Mexico border in Calexico. On July 2020th, uh, so a U.S. Customs Border Protection officer discovered that the drugs were hidden in a concealed compartment in Little Silver 2009 RAV4. Um, but anyway, after all of this, and he failed to appear twice, she still lets him go on bond. And that's what brings us to a traffic stop by a motorcycle deputy, Deputy Isaiah Cordome. Uh, Cordera, I'm sorry. And Isaiah approached the car, didn't even have a chance. And this felon... Um, who I'll put a picture of right here. And he just looks like a felon, right? Tattoos all up his neck, all down his face. Um, and these are, these are the, these are the, 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 and I've said this on the show a thousand times, the more tattoos you have on your face and your neck, the more lenient the judge will be on you every single time. I don't know why it's not a conspiracy because I've seen this with my own eyes that a judge talks to somebody with tattoos on their face and on their neck differently than they talk to a blue collared person. I've seen it a thousand times. This is more proof that the more tattoos you have, the more lenient the judge will be on you. I don't know if it's code for something, but um, this guy looks like a piece of shit and he is a piece of shit and he killed this officer. 
and then uh, gets in a, a vehicle chase, which we're going to cover later on in the show, because this, it, although the story is tragic leading up, you know, leading up to the end, uh, the end does have a very victorious ending. So now that we have a DA on to talk about this, my first question, other than why are you gay, is uh, wh- why? Why do, do DAs <clears throat> constantly not charge everything that an officer charges somebody with, even though officers are not allowed by policy to throw the quote unquote book at somebody, but you can only charge somebody with what is reasonable. So if we're already tasked with charging somebody with reasonable, why then are the courts dismissing most of those charges? Are you talking to me? Yes. Because you keep calling DA and I think we, I thought we explained that previous, Eric. Your uh, DA is defense attorney. You're a defense attorney. Is that what you think a DA is? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what Some are states. You? <laughs> a former cop and a prosecutor, they call prosecutors here DAs or district attorneys elsewhere, which is the same as prosecutors. Uh, defense attorney is typically by law enforcement called an asshole, sellout, or something along those lines. Um, but you got to, there's a shit ton, there's a lot of counter, counterbalancing that happens. You know, you, you've got the judges. I think she was appointed by Schwarzenegger. I don't know if she had run yet, but I think her term was up in 2029. She's got to be elected. And a lot of times that you're elected, you're going to bow down to your constituents regardless. And you need that election because you want that retirement. You want that salary. Um, I, I truly, cases like this make me think that something else other than a popularity contest for election needs to be done for these judges because you've got to counterbalance all kinds of factors when you're looking at bail, Eric. If if the shoe is on the other foot, you know, you've got the presumption of innocence, uh, which they claim is still there, but nonetheless, presumption of innocence is there. It, you would want a reasonable bail, and the Eighth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution requires it, as well as your state constitutions, your criminal rules, et cetera. It's a, it's a balancing act of is this person going to return to court for his next hearing? Is this person a threat to society? And I, I think definitely the threat to society in this guy's background was there. Uh, returning to court, I can't remember exactly the article I read real quick uh, when when Drew got a hold of me this morning. If that was occurring on the 21 case only, and I believe his attorneys had also filed a motion on the 99 conviction, which would have claiming that he was a juvenile at that time, which would not have led to a three strike on this case. Um, and that might've been part of the factors as well. I'm not, you know, I understand. He had three failure to appears in the last that, five years. That goes into it as well. I mean, you're, is he going to show up, et cetera? I mean, obviously here I've seen many a case in Ohio and I'm only licensed in Ohio and Kentucky, but I've seen many a case in Ohio where you get a client out and it's serious charges and they're out on bond they know what's going to go on. They know 90% of cases in criminal system are you did it. There's evidence there to prove you did it. You're going to get convicted. So what am I going to do? I'm going to run and have some more fun for as long as I can before I go in for even longer at that point in time. I, well, my um, first question would be if you have three failure to appears in the last five years, is that not enough to say this guy's a flight risk? I have seen, 50 to 100 failure to appears where they still are entitled to get bond. 
uh, now, now, is. do you agree with that? Like, is that is are you entitled that under the is, is that what the constant is that what the amend the Constitution no, meant by not at all? The Constitution just prohibits excessive bail, and uh, most state constitutions will mimic the language in the U.S. Constitution. And then you've got criminal rules, but you also have cases. I know there's one here in the First District Court of Appeals. Uh, one of the judges in Common Pleas was, I think, jacked the bond up, and they came out with. If you're going to do effectively no bail, which would be get that bail amount up to a prohibited level where you know this person's not going to make it. And I think in this case, it was $1 million and the person was a qualified as indigent. You knew he wasn't going to make the bond. That is effectively depriving them of any bond. And uh, you've got to do certain, you got to have, you have to have a hearing and you got to prove the DA, the DA, the prosecutor has to prove certain factors. Uh, that would allow that judge to justify that bond. And the first district court of appeals here came back and said, no, you did not meet those. And the bond was lowered. It, it, as a defense attorney, it was a great case for us because we quoted a lot when we have a client that is facing a, an extremely high bond on a case. It, it's kind of, I don't want to play devil's advocate, but I'm going to. It, it's it's kind of like when we Monday morning quarterback uh, police shootings. And then on the same token, we're doing it on here with with this judge doing the bond. And I, I agree that with this guy's violent history, and I think he, he was caught with uh, zip ties and other items in regards to the most recent case. Right. And, right. I mean, that's, that's I mean, this is a very serious if, case. Like he kidnapped yeah. a woman. He duct taped her to a chair. He put tape on her face and punched the tape. I mean, there's so much intent there. This is a violent, violent individual. Who's already been in prison for like extreme violence? Would oh, yeah. any reasonable person? And and, and so that, there's a good question for you. Where does the reasonableness come into play here? Like, how, how does a judge or you know, how does the, even the the defense attorney? How does any of these guys think that that's reasonable? Do do defense attorneys like? I mean, I get it that their job is to get their guy free, but like, isn't their job also to don't they have some kind of card in this game that says maybe we should try to do the right thing and say like, Hey, your honor, like I'm going to try this thing to death, but like, I'm pretty sure my client won't appear. And I think the best thing for my client. So he doesn't look even more guilty is that you have the no bond. Not at all. Like, how does that Eric, hurt you, your defense? I, I think we, when I was on here last, we talked about that. It is a system where you have two adversaries going They're They're opposite points. My position, or at least my thought pattern as a, a defense attorney, is the state has the burden of proof. They got to prove beyond a reasonable doubt each and every element of the crime charge. And at the point you go in before trial, before there's a guilty finding or a plea, my client, in my mind, and according to all the law I've read, uh, is presumed innocent at that point in time. He doesn't have to testify. Nobody could say because he didn't testify, he must be guilty. He's hiding something. I have a job to do. My job is not to get my client off. My job is to make sure the state the state, Commonwealth, whatever, uh, meets their burden of proof. And that's that's how the systems run. I, I don't I would never go in and say, Judge, my client's probably gonna run, this and that. Uh, I'd obviously advise my client you run, this is gonna be worse for you. Uh, you're gonna be the judge ain't gonna let you out and you're screwed going forward, basically. Oh, you think that's but a it, flawed it's part an adversarial of the system? system. Do you think What's that's well, a, no, a flawed part actually, a flawed part of the system? Because then then at the end of the day, now, now you have a defense attorney that that kind of has blood on his hands too. Like, I, I mean, well, you think this no. guy's defense attorney? Do you think? Do you think for one second that this defense attorney goes, "Fuck, man, I can't believe my client killed 
Isaiah, uh, the deputy Isaiah, do you think um, that he, he lives with that at all? You know, depending on the defense attorney, I, truthfully, if I'm doing my job, and maybe I'm different than other defense attorneys, if I'm doing my job, though, and, and I'm not making the decision, I'm making the argument for the neutral, the judge, to make the decision on bond. And the prosecutor can make their argument for why, why bond needs to be high, why bond needs to be lowered, whatever. That's the judge's decision. And sadly, it's subjective. There are, there are some bond limits set for certain matters that this is the minimum bond. It can go higher, but you could go from her courtroom to another judge's courtroom on the same case, same set of facts, same history, and get a strikingly different bond. I, I've seen it. I see it locally here. Um, the first thing I look at, what judge are we in front of? Because well, yeah, tell we used me to, we used to judge, judge hunt as well. Same with magistrate shopping, judge shopping. Um, well, we can't judge shop, but you you get an indication of where this is going to go based upon the judge and your experience in front of that judge. But Rob, and uh, also, what we're kind of missing too is Rob. You know, in his position as a defense attorney, as an officer of the court, he has the obligation to give this guy the best defense possible. Now, I'm not all, talking all about things, the defense. What I'm saying is right. in well, a perfect world, like, right. You're saying, if, if it, included in what you're saying, like if the constitution says you can't have an unreasonable bail, he can't just sit back and say, uh, well, I'm going to let the state do whatever they should because this guy's a piece of shit. He actually has the obligation to the client who is innocent until proven guilty to say, Hey, look, that's an unreasonable bail. Like, but that's not an unreasonable client, bail. That's not an unreasonable bail for somebody who's already skipped court three times and who is on trial for literally kidnapping somebody and beating why, the shit out of them. That's why you're saying that's on the quick. judge. Let's say hypothetically, and I'm not licensed in California. Hypothetically, I'm representing this individual for the last case in 21 where he zip tied allegedly this person and all this other shit. Mm -hmm. If he came into my office and said, you know, I, I did it. Uh, I also raped her and uh, I've missed court. I've got three failure to appears. I go into court with him. I don't have an obligation to bring up the failure to appears if the state doesn't say it. Now, I do have an obligation in my mind if the judge asks me, has he ever failed to appear? If the judge is asking me mm -hmm. as an officer of the court. I'm not I, I don't lie to the judge. I'll say, yeah, he has he has a failure to appear. Well, how many? Three. But I'm not bringing shit up, and I am definitely not telling it. Yeah, Judge, you know, Bond here, let me just tell you real quick. My client told me he uh, zip-tied this person, raped them 15 times and shit like that. That ain't coming out. Even if that judge asked me, that's attorney-client privilege. But hmm. if it's something that is documented in my mind, I have an obligation to truthfully tell that judge if I know. Yeah, I guess so I, what, I, what I, point, I don't have a card to play. At what point? I, and I would love to ask this question. I'll just be blunt about it. But like, how do you sleep at night with that? Like, have you, have you personally ever had a suspect tell you that he's guilty of a very heinous crime and then you defended it knowing that he did it? Well, as long as his check cleared, Eric, but normally the way I sleep at night is, <laughs> you know, on the left side first and then I'll flip over to the right side. Uh, you know, it, it bothers each and everyone differently. I would imagine. Sure. Uh, that's why I think attorneys in the criminal system, at least have a high alcoholism, uh, prevalence suicide is there as well i've got two friends of mine that i know two other attorneys here locally within the past 10 years that have killed themselves they were defense attorneys and quite good um it bothers people differently just like anything you know in, in law enforcement you guys are in law enforcement if 
if you shot and killed a suspect, I'm sure you two, just you two alone, would have different ways of dealing with that internally, mentally, and psychologically. It, it, it just depends on the person, and it's very subjective. It's based upon a lot of factors that you know you can't quantify. Just like bond, based right. on a shit ton of factors. Uh, I, because I'm learning more about attorneys uh, right now, uh, I'm. I'm take advantage of my opportunity here to ask some questions that I'm sure a lot of cops, a lot of first responders don't know the answers to, but how often is it that somebody comes into your office and do you have the option of saying, I'm not going to take that case that they do. Now, do you think that this gentleman told his attorney that he kidnapped that girl and stuff? Or do you think he just says, I didn't do it? It depends here as a private attorney, I can take or decline any case I want. Uh, unfortunately, public defenders, have to take any and all cases that that they get where the person doesn't hire private counsel and they're considered indigent they're entitled to a, a an attorney and the public defender's office doesn't have the luxury of declining a case unless there's a conflict in which case at that point in time the judge on the case will appoint another attorney on an appointment list that'll take that case for a reduced rate private attorney that'll take it for a reduced rate without the conflict have i declined cases yeah uh, you know, you sit across the table doing this for 18 years, you sit across the table from somebody and you're like, Jesus Christ in your head as they're talking, this person is going to be a time suck waste. They're going to drive me freaking nuts. And you either decline it or you quote so damn high a fee. And it's got to be high enough to where, you know, the shit you're going to have to deal with throughout the course of the representation. And that is enough money to make it worth your while to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But private attorneys can decline any case they want. Now, do you think uh, that it was unreasonable in this case that the judge allowed him to walk away? I, I mean, if you were on the other side, if you were the well, well hold on, let me uh, let me add something to this. She, all she did was put off sentencing. He, she lowered his bond the first time, and he f- he failed to appear. Right, he was recommitted, then tried. And I think that they were going to hear, like you were talking about a minute ago, they were going to hear other cases. So she released him, I think, on his recognizance or lowered his bond again after he did the failure to appear, which was all in the same thing. So um, I think he had already been found guilty of some charges. I think I think the, the a lot of it rests on the fact that uh, I think the three strikes is for violent felonies or felonies involved involving a firearm. If I'm not mistaken, I know it, it, it was here in Florida. I don't know how it is in, in uh, California, but if that's the case, when she found him not guilty of the kidnapping, but found him guilty of the false imprisonment, it it's going to reduce the, the sentencing, so to speak. So it's still on her. I mean, she's still, she's still the one that let him go knowing that he could be a flight risk, but instead of, keeping him detained pre-trial or or pre-sentencing she let him roam free and and you know my argument always will be a guy who served uh double digit years in prison who knows he's going back to prison is not going back to prison so when you let him go free that's that's what's that's what you get didn't she, wasn't a bond originally said, I believe 950,000 and dropped yeah. to 500,000. Yeah. So McKay walked out of the San Bernardino County jail on March 23rd after posting a $500,000 surety bond. His new attorney, David M. Goldstein, sought to remove the prior strikes, saying his client had waged a lifelong battle with drugs. The attorney argued that as a young man, McRae 
made mistakes and associated with the wrong people. In July, this is coming from Los Angeles Times, in July, Goldstein requested a new trial on McKay's behalf, arguing that the judge had not adequately advised McKay about his right to a jury trial rather than a bench trial. On October 18th, the prosecutor asked to continue a hearing on that motion until December when she would be returning from her medical leave. Uh, a few days later, McCray skipped a court appearance and the judge issued a warrant for his arrest. Yeah, so somebody, if it's a surety, are you recording at Andrea's house, Eric? <laughs> no, is it bad? <laughs> Robot Eric has appeared. Is it really? So, it sounds good on my end. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. Shit. <laughs> I mean, you got through, we could hear what you were saying. Yeah, I can understand bit. what you were saying. Yeah. Uh, so if, at least in Ohio, the way a 500 surety bond works is a, a surety. Somebody will come in and post 10% of that 500,000, which would be 50,000. And then they pop up 450,000 of their own by a certificate. And if that person does not return to court, that bondsman's either going to go look for him before the show cause date, which the judge will give him probably 30 to 45 days to go out and find that person and bring him before the court or they lose their $450,000. So th there's just, <laughs> do they lose their $450,000 so if the dude gets smoked by police? But they don't find it within the time. Yeah, but it's all by certificate. So it's not, I mean, right. you're, you're just, you're yeah, they're not throwing up 450000 They're just making that no. promise. And they're insured as well by a company that is saying, all right, they do pretty good work. They're going to find this person within the amount of time before the show cause hearing. And we won't have to cover that loss, but sometimes they do. So well, who, it, who's so covering the cost kind of in this case? In a sense. So this is the other, this is what makes it so problematic. This is why so many states are trying to move away from cash bail. People see that this is like a, a leftist plot of some sort. And I do, in a sense, see that as well. But there are indigent people that won't be able to afford bail and won't be able to afford the same representation as somebody who is wealthy. So they've got to equal out the system somehow. Well, Kentucky is, Kentucky doesn't allow a surety. So if your bond is 500K in KY, you got to put up either 500K with a clerk or uh, property with equity, some kind of certification that the equity in the residence is worth 500K. There is no surety bonds allowed in Kentucky. Ohio, you can do a 10% bond with a surety here. Now, the problem you run into is if, if they get rid of all of that and you have $500,000 bonds, or let, let's just use something simple like uh, two dudes drunk, one guy says something about some dude's mom and he gets popped in the face. It's an assault. It's a misdemeanor one in Ohio, 180 days max potential in jail. That judge, typically a $25,000 bond, 10% surety bond. Now, if we got rid of that and you kept the same bond amount, that's going to be excessive bail because not a lot of people in this area have 25K to pop down with the clerk's office that won't go missing or unnoticed. So you run that risk, and then everybody's going to be screaming when you lower it down to twenty five hundred dollars instead of twenty five thousand. Oh my God! They gave him a, a twenty five hundred dollar bond, and he went out and he killed his mom or his neighbor or whatever. So it, it's 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 a shitty situation. There's no nothing perfect in the system right now, but it's the system that we have. But, but I do think you think that in this in this particular case, it's unreasonable? What five hundred thousand? No, yeah, I mean that the guy was given any kind of chance of being out for all for his extensive history. I mean, this isn't a homeless guy. This isn't like an indigent guy that just you know got caught up stealing petty things because he couldn't afford to eat, and then he gets popped and put into jail, and then gets out, and then steals a six pack of beer, and then goes back, and then gets a trespassing charge, and then gets a failure to appear, and then jumps into a car with no insurance and gets popped with it. No, this is a guy who kidnaps people 
who stabs a police canine who has been in several, I counted four police chases, uh, assault with a firearm, robbery, burglary, entering somebody else's house, pistol whipping them. I mean, this guy is like doing violent, well, violent things. If you want to cast blame, then why don't we go back then, pull all the sentencing entries and look at the judges that sentenced him to minimal time to where this guy, based on his age, is well, he got sentenced to 13 40s. years. Why didn't he do 13 years? What did he do? What did he do? How many, how many years did he do? I, I don't know. That sounds like a systemic problem. Yeah. I think that was the incident where he stabbed the canine. Right. That sounds like a systemic problem with California's penal system because if he's sentenced to 13, he should do 13 then, or that judge should have sentenced him to more. Because he was out definitely in 2015 committing more crimes. So that would have, that would have done, maybe he did eight years, you know, if if he didn't get out before he started committing crimes. Truthfully with his record, I don't know his juvenile record and everything else other than the three felonies that I quickly looked at in court when I was sitting there this morning. But that judge, I would imagine, took into account his prior juvenile record in every single incident of failure to appear and criminal convictions since it was born. Was 500,000 reasonable? Probably based upon uh, what I've seen locally for for the charge of kidnapping. I've seen 500,000. I've seen a million. I mean, it just depends on what the history is. The failure to appear, three of them don't really strike me too crazy, but... I mean, but to a reasonable person, right? Like to to a layman, to a civilian, I think if you don't show up to court one time, <laughs> like you're a flight risk. You know what I mean? But like, you don't show up to court three times, like, dude, this guy's like that. Well, no reasonable person would be like, yeah, officers. he's coming to court. You guys were police officers for a long time, right? So yeah. mm-hmm. if you, how see come a if I miss court for not even doing anything wrong, that I could be charged with a misdemeanor? And they've literally called me and be like, you've got thirty minutes to get here. Are you going to be held in contempt? That sucks to be you because normally they that's just policy. get a continuance here. Yeah, that's a, that's no, policy. I, no, I've literally gotten a phone call that says like, "Why aren't you in court today? You have a trial." And I'm like, "Dude, I didn't, I didn't even get the subpoena." And they're like, "You got 30 right. minutes to get here." I enjoy when the cop doesn't show up. Normally, nobody gives a shit and they dismiss the case, so it works out well. Uh, <laughs> now, if it's a higher felony case then they're gonna the state's gonna request a continuance or find out where in the hell that officer is they're gonna keep on top of it because it's not gonna be something that's gonna slip up till the day of court they're gonna want to talk to that officer prep for trial etc but what i was gonna say you were talking to the layman right you how long were you an officer almost eight years freezing 29 uh, almost 29 years bodies i mean have you guys seen dead bodies before mm-hmm. yeah so many first time you saw a dead body it was it knocked your block a little bit didn't it yeah it was pretty gross as you saw subsequent ones kind of deadened some senses correct i mean sure, it yeah. didn't shock you that much you got used right. to it you got used to the smell of death you knew what it yeah. was sure. but it didn't make you want to throw up as bad as you did the first right. time think of these judges that sit and just watch hundreds and hundreds and thousands of cases and, and it desensitizes you just like being a prosecutor defense attorney police officer, et cetera. And people, laymen don't understand that in our system. Is there no way to like, you know, I've always wanted to battle complacency. When I was 19 years old, complacency was the word of the day in the military. Complacency kills, complacency kills. Don't get complacent every day. You got to be on your head on the swivel, complacency, complacency. So in my mind, it's like, I'm always trying, still to this day, I'm always trying to fight complacency and, and, you know, I've always, I've advocated that police officers should not ride the line for more than six years at a time. 
they should ride if, if they're on the line at their six year mark, then they should have to be moved to something, whether it's uh, community policing, bicycle patrol, moving the district line or, um, or or we're putting on some kind of a special assignment. Um, but they got to break that up because one, you get complacent or two, like you're saying with these judges is they get uh, you, you, well complacent, right? They see hundreds of thousands of cases. So is there not a way that these judges can move to like, maybe you go to DUI court for a year and then you switch over to domestic violence court for a year so that these You're judges looking at retooling, aren't hmm? retooling budgets. I mean, hell as a bicycle cop, if say there's a multiple, uh, mul multiple homicides, you know, they're going to yank your ass off that bicycle, throw you back in a car to investigate, investigate these homicides or cover for somebody else that has the but That's the fine. Even if you oh, had a two-week break, that's a huge break. To Oh, that's why they got vacation time. <laughs> well, well to, don't, don't forget, too, you, you've got – they have community pressure just like we do, and they have a chief judge that has to administer the, the court system just like you had a chief of police or a sheriff. And, and they're always trying innovative new stuff like let's – Let's get rid of probation court. Let's add a drug court. Okay, we're going to have just a strictly veterans court. And that, that takes manpower and that takes resources too. And that also takes a new level of readjustment of what the watermark is for that veteran that offended or that drug offender that's, um, you know, been – uh, convicted of four drug offenses, but, you know, they would rather rehabilitate than, than convict them of the fifth. I mean, it, there's just like a lot of factors. I'm not, I wouldn't defend this judge. Um, but I, I will say this, like she's, she probably took into account, like if, if a defense attorney told her like Rob here told her, look, your honor, before you decide on sentencing, just so you'll know, I've filed the motion already to remove two of his strikes because he was a mm -hmm. juvenile and it was because of his drug, drug pattern. So now she's thinking I can't in, in good conscience sentence this guy to a third strike right now. We're going to have to put off sentencing. And then in her error in judgment, and this is me guessing in her error in judgment, she says, look, uh, we're holding him up on a technicality. Uh, there's no way I'm going to end up giving him the third strike anyway. So let me just let him go on a lower bond and he can sit at home until we decide what we're going to do as a system because they get so much pressure from the community or whatever. And of course the felon is always right. It's, it's not necessarily the prosecutor. And there's another side to that argument too, by the way, because a, a prosecutor has an endless budget and, an, and a prosecutor is going to take uh, it has so many X amount of tries. They can, if there's a mistrial, they can retry the case. Mm -hmm. A defense attorney doesn't have that. And a, and a defendant doesn't have that luxury either. So if, if there's two or three mistrials and Rob's had enough of this client, he's out of there. And, but it, but if the state wants to keep going and going and going, um, the system can be stacked against you in that sense. The, the biggest thing I think that a young police officer needs to understand is, is this, and in my opinion, and I learned it for, uh, for, through a, very couple, a couple of very hard lessons. Defense attorneys are not your enemy. They, they are your enemy when you're in the courtroom because they are trying to make you look like a liar and they're trying to make you look like a fool. But when you're outside those doors, if you don't have an open relationship with some type of defense attorney, or if you aren't able to call, like how many times have you dealt with somebody on the street, Eric, that says, well, I'll just call my attorney. Right. I, my, my response a hundred percent of the time was a hundred percent, Rob. My uh, response a hundred percent of the time was it's water. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah. Get your ice. attorney's phone number. I want your attorney's phone number. Get your attorney on the phone. 
because I can reason with Rob Herking. I can tell him, look, I, I, I can, I am thinking of a very specific case and I don't want to bore you with the details. The bottom line was this, this, this guy's uh, baby died of a, a SIDS. It was a SIDS case, but he, he'd been out on parole from New York and he was smoking marijuana in his house and he had got his life back together, but boy, he was freaked out that the cops were in his house, that his baby was dead. Understandably, his wife was gone. She went to the hospital with the ambulance and now he's not letting us search. He's not letting us interview him. He's not letting us do anything. He probably didn't do anything wrong and he's not going to trust me to tell him that. So I spoke to his attorney and said, look, he's scared to death. He thinks I'm worried about a little marijuana. He thinks I'm more, that's not what we're here for. We're here for the death investigation of the baby. And the, the defense attorney was able to talk to him. You can't treat defense attorneys like your enemy because by the way, most of them are former prosecutors or future prosecutors or future judges, Oh, it jumps. Um, but they're mostly chumps. Is that what you just said? No, no, it jumps back and forth. I mean, Oh, it jumps. I see it, prosecutors like, Holy shit. Weren't you just a defense attorney two weeks ago? And, and how about this? I mean, at the bar, Eric, at, and, and still distillery, you got two, two attorneys standing next to one another, enjoying a, a, a greyhound at the bar. And, uh, um, a Moscow mule maybe. And guess what? One's a defense attorney and one's a prosecutor or tomorrow, the next day, one's a judge and one's a defense attorney or yeah. like, it's all the same attorneys. They're, they're just switching roles. So, mm -hmm. um, it's kind of in your interest to keep a, keep an open mind when you're dealing with the Rob Herkings of the world. Right. And speaking of, you know, jumping around and innovation and, and switching things up um, and staying open minded, uh, I, I do have some breaking news that Manscaped is now selling beard products. They have jumped into the beard products line. That's right. They've gone from waist to face to help you replace the bulky razor with their brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Manscaped helped you get the golden rod of a Greek god, and now they've created the best tools for you to turn heads with a clean, perfectly groomed and conditioned beard. Finally, tame your mane by going to manscaped.com and using the code WOLFPACK for 20% off plus free shipping. The kid um, is about to charge your life. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit has made it easier than ever to craft your signature look. This kit will take your facial hair anywhere from Gandalf to totally bare, baby. <laughs> Get you a trim beard like Rob Erking. By uh, DA, Robert. Robert. <laughs> it all starts with the beard edger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. <laughs> and listen, with all you guys, you vets out there, you bro vets, you bro bros, uh, you guys trim some of those things up, man. You want to look at stuff? You want to look like you're an operator? I guarantee you, uh, all the operators I know keep those beards nice and trimmed, hedged up just a little bit. So first off, the waterproof cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons i love that that it's water like that it's water resistant you can do it in the shower um i use my nut hair trimmer in the shower all the time i love it um 20 different guards titanium coned t-blades tough on the hair smooth on the face pro kit is much more than a trimmer though it comes with uh dermatologist tested formulations for post-trim care has the beard shampoo and conditioner uh you got a little beard oil 
belts, beard, bomb. It comes with everything. Get 20% off free shipping with our code Wolfpack at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use that code Wolfpack, the Manscaped Beard Edger Pro Kit, the premier solution to face grooming, baby. Uh, and can't forget, uh, can't do ad reads without doing the beautiful and the best sleeping system that's ever been created. Pro law enforcement, pro DA, pro prosecutor. Ghostbed doesn't discriminate. Um, they have been a loyal sponsor since day one. Everybody raves about them. Super comfortable mattresses that last forever and ever and ever. Just like this guy. Just like William Chris have been in jail forever and ever and ever. Uh, if the, you, these mattresses have a 20-year warranty, you can try them out for 101 nights. Not 98, not 99, but 101. If you don't like them, you can send them back. No hard feelings, but you won't. One of our favorite parts about Ghostbed is that each mattress has that cooling technology in it so that you can stay, so that if you get hot at night, you can stay cool. I always say I love to be hard while staying cool. That makes things hot. Uh, Ghostbed also offers bundles so you can get everything you need. You don't even have to really think about it. Just choose from their four mattresses and pick your bundle. Whether you just need a mattress and a frame or you want it all, like their cooling pillows and their sheets, you can get the best bang for your buck, baby. Ghostbed's offering a flash sale, 40% off. Ghostbed bundles where you get a mattress and adjustable base. Uh, if you use that promo code Wolfpack, ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack or 30% off of everything if you use the code Wolfpack at ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Buy a mattress for like $35 a month, zero down, 0% financing plan. And that's if you have Rob Herkin credit. So go to ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack and get you some sleep so good that it's scary. Ooh. All right, back to you guys. Sorry. Well, do you, you want Eric, to play the? You, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Eric. Rob. Have you ever had facial hair? No, um, I face was called, in Afghanistan. I was called the face of baby. That was my <laughs> Afghan name. If I was in Indian, if I was a Choctaw or a Cherokee, they would have named me face of baby as well in their native tongue. Nice. I can see the reflection in the lake. I the haven't shaved in like three days. <laughs> Jesus, that's disgusting. <laughs> I have no hair on my face. I don't really have a lot of hair. On, I don't really have a lot of body hair, period. Um, like a hairless cat. Uh, kind of. <laughs> and, and my pubes are so light that. Or what is that, a shrew? What, what, what? Hey, I've, I've got to ask, though, Rob, what is that on your face? Well, I'm bringing the lip blanket back when I come down on April 12th. So Good I am you. in the process of trying to get the stash down a little bit, a little bit longer before I uh, get rid of the chin. This is a great segue into the second half of this podcast, uh, the, the ending part, which is the ending of this this very sad case with Isaiah Cordero. And I, I don't have, I know we didn't have really a lot of answers um, for the way the justice system is, uh, the way it is. Uh, I, I still personally feel um, that this case is, is kind of unreasonable. I, and, I, and, I, and I have conversations with civilians and, the, and, and I get it that there's two sides of the story and that you haven't taken account. But if you look at the totality of this case, I don't think that there was any reason this guy should be out. How many chances do you need in life? Like, I don't, I, I don't feel like I would get that many. Ch- my, my, uh, a friend of mine uh, got a, a, a DUI, uh, his third or fourth DUI. Um, of course, the, you know, his, each DUI is over the span of like five or 10 years, but he killed two people. He's great. Other than the drinking and driving part, the guy is, is a great human being, man. And it makes people happy. He's a hard worker. He's good, you know, good parent and good father. And he just fucked up. He plays music at bars. People feed him drinks because he plays music. He left the bar, drifted left to center, killed two people. Um, this guy has no chance, zero chance of getting out 
anything less than 12 years in prison for one fuck up. Now you've got this guy on the other hand that, that means to fuck up that like makes a conscious decision to fuck up like calibrated decisions. He says, I'm going to coax this girl back to my house and then duct tape her to a chair, duct tape her face in such a way that when I punch her, it doesn't break the skin so that I can punch her more. Um, and I'm going to rack up charges over the course of four days until she escaped. How long was he going to keep her there? We don't know. Uh, he made the conscious decision multiple times, four times to run from the police hitting speeds over a hundred miles an hour, endangering everybody around him. And then stabbing a dog, a police canine dog, which that in itself, I don't even like fucking animals, but I feel like you stab a canine dog. That's like stabbing a cop and you should, you should be gone. Like, you know, those dogs mean just as much to those canine officers as probably more than their own children. Um, and, and so, but a guy like this is only doing like five and six year stents. This guy shouldn't have been out of prison ever. Not even from the, like you said earlier, that his first trial, his first sentencing shouldn't have been out. And, and um, I didn't have enough time to pull, but I know, you know, I just, one of my closing points would be Eric, uh, there's been a rash of officer involved shootings and officers being charged. And when that happens, that officer's personnel file is going to be pulled by the DA. And that DA is going to use each and every incident of excessive force by that officer mm. in trial at the mm. bond hearing, et cetera. Yes. Now, and I'm that officer's going to get 22 years when the average is only getting seven years. Like if you look at the, the George Floyd case, Derek Chauvin, the average for that charge was seven to 12 years. He got 22 years. Yeah. First offense. I agree. First offense. And and they claim that they hold officers to a higher, higher uh, caliber. But I, I want, I mean, honestly, take it this way. I know this guy has a history, and I, I'm not justifying the judge's reduction of bond or continuing bond and allow, allowing it to continue to post while he was out, even though he had the failure to appear. But as far as setting the bond, the reasonableness of bond, if the shoe were on the other foot, and that's something that you have to grapple with on a regular basis, I would imagine, if if that officer was charged, he would want a reasonable bond. And and I know you guys are, and I'm not anti And he wouldn't get it. He wouldn't get I it. Used to, I used to be a cop. I got a lot of friends that are cops still. And uh, you, you'd want that bond to be reasonable. You'd yeah, yeah, but you know it wouldn't be. Thing. You know the it Memphis would not guys, be. The, the Memphis guys got bond. Yeah. So, and also, I mean, to your point, Rob, and, and I think you were probably heading here, but just the same, like, so I had a 29 year career, uh, nearly spotless. Uh, I, I did, I definitely had one IA case that got me demoted. I mean, that was pretty bad, but, um, let's just say I, I wasn't so spotless. Say I wasn't so as perfect as I am. Um, so <laughs> that was a joke, but so if I had two or three fuck ups at the beginning of my career where I missed court one day, one day I got uh, a, a case for, uh, you know, for yelling at a, a complainant or something. And so it looks like I've got six or seven cases over 30 years. What do you think shows up over CNN? Like they're, they're going to say this guy, what, what's this guy have business being a cop for? He, he's, he's been to IA six times. Well, that's six times over 30 years and, and some of the cases are bullshit and you know it and some of them are political. So it's the same in the sense with the criminal history. We can say this guy, you know, and there's legislation that says different like this three strikes thing, which is 
as we see here, a complete shell game. It was to keep um, the law-abiding citizens happy that, okay, fine, we'll pass this three strikes legislation, but we're just going to find a way around it. And that's kind of what they're doing here. But when you show somebody's criminal history, you're showing that from juvenile on. Um, it's not necessarily telling the tale of, of how they've been as an adult. That's not the case in this one, you know, in, the, in this one that killed Deputy Cordero. But uh, sometimes in the case of, you know, you'll say, well, this guy's a career criminal. Yeah, he committed his crimes from 1999 to 2001, got sober, did whatever he did, became a businessman. And then he committed, just like your friend with the DUIs. Like, right. do, do you think that the court is going to look at just this one case? Probably not. They're going to look at the entire criminal history, sure. but it probably dates back to the 90s. And that's over, you know, 20 something years ago. So, um, you know, people do change uh, and the, the system is built to give the benefit of the doubt, I think. In this case, I think it's a gross error. But And, and I'm going to say I, the responsibility lies strictly with the piece of shit that did this. Yeah. And a, a young man, a good officer, family guy, his mother loved him, talking about seeing him after Christmas or Christmas the last time. That's the tragedy. And, and this piece of shit, I agree. I mean, too bad he didn't take the one track. And I, I just, I guess I disagree with Breezy, but Tansy, I agree with you, which is weird. Didn't take the one track that one of those times he was serving some sentence. He didn't do what the KY guy did. I mean, yeah. think of the trouble it would have saved down the road. But, yeah. The person that did it, the person that did the shooting is the piece of shit, ultimately responsible. Were there others down the road? Mom didn't hug them enough. Um, Dad was well, it always starts existed. with the parents. It always starts oh, with yeah. the parents, for sure. I'm, I'm I mean, there's, there's all kinds of shit. You could write a story about every criminal and kind of trace where that shit goes. But should the bond been higher based on his prior history? Probably. Yeah. And should that... I, I, but the system is is not perfect, and no. uh, until they figure out a way to do it on bonds, maybe a separate independent bond reviewer, I don't know. But the ending of this story is perfect, and I want to jump into that before we close out because this is such a great ending, and, and I'm glad it's, it ended this way. I, I hate that it happened, right? I hate that it happened, but in honor and memory of Officer Isaiah Cordero, I I believe in my heart. I don't know Isaiah, um, but I'd have to want to believe that this is how he'd want to see it end. If it had to begin, I'm sure he'd want it to have ended um, like this. One, it starts with an amazing parade uh, of officers following the the suspect. Um, for, your, for those of you just listening um, and not watching, what you have here is a black Dodge Ram that, that ran over some spike strips, still going about 60 or 70 miles an hour down a four or five lane highway. And you have... I can't even count how many people chasing this motherfucker. 20s of cops. I mean, unmarked cars, unmarked SUVs, pickup trucks, Camrys. There's a Skyon, a Toyota Skyon. You have multiple Suburbans unmarked. You have marked units. You have marked uh, cruisers. I mean, I don't know how many cops are chasing this asshole. And then here's what's going to happen, which is just picture perfect. While they're they chasing this guy, just several freeways and hundreds of the, 60 and the 15. This Bearcat weighing 17, <laughs> the Linko Bearcat weighing in at 17,000 pounds, costing $188,000. Uh, law enforcement modeled with a crew of 10 passenger SWAT officers uh, with a max speed of 90 miles per hour moves in to the bike lane. 
passes all of these cars. And I'd have to imagine if you've ever been in a Bearcat, they are, or driven one, they are not overtly fast. Now they're tanks. Once they get going fast, it's hard to stop. But this, the way that this, this 17,000 pound armored vehicle is passing cars. I, I would like to picture that the SWAT team must've been in the back doing one of these, like rocking, rocking the, uh, you know, the, paddling out the windows to try to make this thing go faster, doing anything they can, because this Bearcat is just pumping down this emergency lane. It catches up to our suspect here and they, the, the Bearcat pits him into a wall. Doesn't stop the truck though. The truck gets, uh, barricaded into the wall. The, the Bearcat is kind of then parallel to the road in a, in a really bad spot, uh, but it totally crushes the back end of this truck, but the truck is still able to limp down the road. And then you can almost see in this video, again, for those of you who are just listening, which is 90% of our, our followership here. Um, the, <laughs> it is, you could just tell that the driver, you can feel the driver here Swat. is, uh, it's frustrated well, in this in, Bearcat. Pit maneuver here uh, and pretty much disabled that truck. However, he did keep going uh, until he came up under an underpass right here where he pulled over on the side of the shoulder there. That SWAT vehicle uh, pinned him in. That's when deputies opened fire on him. Deputies say uh, that he had a weapon, uh, that he fired at them as well. And so this is when the, the shooting all went down. I want to show you. And, uh, and then it ends in a very uh, epic hail of, of gunfire in this uh, in the video. But I like how the Bearcat stayed in the fight the entire time. Pits the guy, kind of wrecks their shit, says, oh, no, not today, motherfucker. Backs up and again, races down the side of the highway, passing everybody again. And this time, there's no pit. He goes wide and he comes in and just smashes this guy up into the concrete barricade over uh, the overpass. And then all the SWAT guys stay in the truck. And I'm glad they did because every single officer in that, I, there has to be 50 cop cars in this chase. Am I exaggerating on that? No, I don't think so. That's I don't think you're 50. exaggerating, yeah. That's got to be like at least 50, about 50. Uh, and, and I think everybody's going to dump on this guy because all the body camera footage that you can see in this video is you got dudes with pistols, dudes with shotguns, dudes with rifles. I don't know how many times they shot this motherfucker, but they shot him up real good while the Bearcat was pinned up against it. So could you imagine me and the SWAT team just, you know some of those rounds probably bounce off that Bearcat. I would think so. Somebody's got to be a freaking 70 or below shooter. That's probably why they just stayed, <laughs> took shelter in place. I mean, <laughs> like they heard that first ding, 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 ding. And they were like, nah, not these dumb fucks, especially the guy getting out of the Toyota Psycon. Could you imagine being in a car chase in a Toyota Psycon or whatever? Is that what it's called? Or Kia Psycon? What, who makes the Scion? Scion, it's Toyota. Toyota. It is a, it's a Toyota. Product. Could you imagine like you got like these badass Chevy Silverado pickup trucks, Suburbans, Tahoes, Impalas, and you're in the sky on in this chase, like chasing this guy in your little shoebox. That's embarrassing. It's going on a horse ride for trail riding and you get stuck with the uh, mule. The yeah, ASN. exactly. Like everybody else is just yeah, like, and he probably got out with, you know, and he's probably the one with the pistol. To be honest with you. Yeah. Barney Fife uh, with one bullet in his front pocket. I don't know what's faster, a Scion or a uh, an M an MRAP? <laughs> Bearcat. Probably the Bearcat. <laughs> Probably the Bear. It's more. Do you think the SWAT guys inside that Bearcat were like sitting like they were on a on a bobsled, like a luge? Like, I how do. did it go that fast? I, I think they 
probably leaned around the corner. You know what I mean? How much oil do you think that thing was leaking by the time it <laughs> finally came to a stop? It's just <laughs> the rods have shot through that fucking power stroke diesel. Um, but yeah, you know, in honor of, of Isaiah Cordero, uh, they absolutely massacre this dude and fool him, uh, fill him full of bullet holes. Uh, really quick, I'd like to also point out that DA <laughs> Rob, Rob Herking looks similar to the sheriff. Uh, that was Oversight of Riverdale <laughs> County. Who has give me epic. time. That's what I'm hoping. Well, mine will curl down more, but yeah. uh, that's what, what I'm rolling in town with. <laughs> he, uh, Herking looks like the village people version of that sheriff. This, no, is, what I'm look, this is the way I'm going right now. One of your uh, commenters indicated that I look like that guy. Oh, uh, yeah, the, the prosecutor in the, uh, in the Kyle Rudolph case. Yeah. You are gay. <laughs> you are gay. You are gay. Uh, speaking of gay, uh, Alex, uh, Alec um, Murda, freaking two consecutive life sentences for killing his son, killing his wife, trying to cover up his drug and millions of dollars of theft from quadriplegic deaf children and all the other heinous shit that that fucker was involved in. Have you followed that case at all, Rob? Yeah, I was. Uh, I've had it on here and there. Obviously, I haven't watched all every minute of it but nonetheless I, I was surprised as shit that jury came back how many weeks was that three weeks four weeks yeah and it took them less than three hours to come back with a verdict hours, you know yeah. they walked, very they quick. knew they knew and i think the judge kicked one off previous in the week for talking about it and making the statement they fucking knew last week what they were going to do oh yeah yeah jesus I mean, there's a lot of evidence in this case and i like how like somebody there was somebody put up an argument on my my social media that they watch the case and they didn't see enough and that they wouldn't have been able to they weren't able to make a decision and that's the problem with our jury system these days is people are just so confused and have no like just because there is there's really really no moral standards anymore in this country but like how can you not look at all of the overwhelming evidence in that case and think that that guy didn't fuck that oh, this like it's like oj simpson 100 percent oj did it we know yeah, it's 100 percent, and people still think he didn't do it i'm counting them <sighs> But I'm glad he got two life sentences. Finally, the rich asshole loses. Well, I'm telling, I use, depending on the age, I use uh, OJ when I'm talking to a client. I was like, look, we go to a jury trial. You remember OJ? Shit. How many thought he did it? I did. And uh, some of the bitch walked on the criminal case. You never know what a jury's going to do. Never know. Uh, yeah, which is scary because you, you never know yeah. what a jury's going to do. Uh, and, and that's scary for cops because, you know, there's a lot of, there, there are cops out there that I'm, hundred percent convinced um you know darby ben darby for example um you know christopher sure i think that's his name christopher the what, guy what's the one with the shotgun that's that's ben darby yeah ben darby like i mean 100 percent that guy does not need to be in, in jail or in prison um i wonder how now that case playing. is going but uh you know rob thank you so much rob from one more and i'm out of your podcast uh that podcast has a firefighter an ex-police officer it has a radio host um they talk about anything and everything um all under the pretense of having a couple of brewskis it's fun it's funny uh it's relaxing i enjoy listening to every episode it's fun hanging out with you guys that's why we're doing a joint meetup with one more and i'm out of here podcast they're live every week um out of a what, what's the name of the bar that you guys are at varsity varsity, varsity that's right on um, the varsity bar so they're there every week at the varsity yep. bar having some suds and putting on a hell of a show on a hell of a show and they've it. just launched your new youtube channel as well correct yes we have 
So head over to one more. Is it one more and I'm out of here? YouTube. Yeah, everything's pretty much one more and I'm out of here. Head over to one more and I'm out of here and subscribe. I want to see some subscribers. Uh, How many subscribers do you guys have? It's brand new. You guys just started it this week. Yeah, I think we just Sunday. I'm looking at Jason. He runs kind of the the tech aspects of it. He's in the room. Uh, I think about 45 to 50 right now. We just started. Let's get that over. Let's get that over 100 uh, by the the time people hear this episode. Uh, Head over there, you guys, and follow that podcast. Um, We have teamed up with Pro athletes and everything in between. Yeah, they had yeah. pro athlete. They had uh, uh, one they've had myself and Drew Brees yes. on their show, which is probably right. their biggest claim. To that fame. was actually one of the better ones. I mean, it was entertaining as shit. That was a great show Pitts came uh, up. with Pitts, Dexter Pitts, um, who has a great podcast as well. They have, you had Lieutenant Colonel Scheller. You've yeah. had some pro athletes. You guys have all sorts of great guests. And uh, it's just a lot of fun show. I love the banter, the arguments, uh, all of it. It's all just good, wholesome, quality entertainment. Well, and, tune in uh, Tuesday at 4 o'clock. We got Bronson Arroyo. Former oh, uh, major league baseball pitcher and uh, music. Is he going to play? Is he going to play uh, a live we're set? We're, gonna, we're bringing a guitar, and uh, okay. we're not going to let Dan carry it because he breaks shit. But one of us, Kiefer, I'll bring a guitar so he can hopefully play if he doesn't bring his own. Yeah, hammer the like button on our YouTube while you're at it. Hit the subscribe. We do. Ring the bell. Uh, I'm a subscriber. Um, uh, but yeah, please head over to one more and I'm out of here. YouTube hit that old uh, hit that old like button, the subscribe button, the door banger, the door doorbell ringer also give them a rating and review as well anytime you guys are these podcasts they, they thrive and live off of those ratings and reviews i don't like it i don't agree with it because nobody in the history of anybody leaves a rating or review when they listen um you know we have over 2.4 2.5 million downloads i think we only have 1700 five-star ratings and reviews or something like that <laughs> so that that's like one percent right of um if i've done my math right uh, it's like one percent of listeners go and leave a rating and review. Don't be that one percent, or no, be a one. You want to be a one percenter? You don't even have to have a probationary period to be a one percenter. Just you don't have to be rich to be a one percenter. You don't have to be rich. To I be would tell you, guys, I'm looking forward. I got a trial here in about forty five minutes. Okay. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys April twelfth. Yes, uh, Andrea is big timing yeah. me because I reached out to her on uh, I am in regards to something, right? And breezy. I told you I listened to your shows. Quit being a dick. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. Why you're throwing you me under the bus all the time, man. Why uh, yeah, you I mean, if you can't handle it, don't don't show well, up I here. But, I, but I, I'm I can't gonna, wait to see you, brother. I, I, I can't wait to see you either. Hopefully, you'll have your mutton chops in as well. And uh, Chief Keefe is hopefully going to be doing the driving for you guys because we know carol's keeps situation flying. if you know what i'm saying keeps flying carol and i are going to be carpooling together i'm driving oh. he's going to keep me awake with certain uh, body parts of his <laughs> that'll be a road picture for the ages and you should yep. bring some of those christmas lights we will definitely we're getting ready for christmas in july down here um <laughs> we're right, going to be man. flying some chinese balloons behind the car taking video of our way through west virginia and north carolina and shit so perfect we'll see you guys down there and uh have fun Thank Thanks you. Thank you so much uh, for everybody yeah, in our thank live. Thank you guys, man. Yeah, we, we always love having you on, man. For everybody in our live chats, there's Sarah Kelch. By the way, Sarah, um, and I'm just going to take it. You can leave if you want, Rob. I know you're busy, but I always want to enjoy uh, put out our live chatters here. Um, Sarah, you read an article here recently that short people are more likely to become psychopaths. Um, and I think I tagged you in that post. So just want to let you know that I'm always thinking about you. Corn Pop is a bad dude. It's always great to have you in there. Fungi love. Fungi love guy. I don't know what that means. Uh, tactical dude. 
M. Jay Kiefer, Chief Kiefer is in there. Tactical Cool Dude, TJR, Lumber Chef. We got Falconator, old Falconators in here. Um, and then we also have Datslav Act Mandkeri. Don't know what that means either. Um, Brian W. from Blue Easter Bar. Uh, Davey's in the chat. So a good old rugby guy. Um, I don't know where Davey lives. I don't know where Davey's from. I've seen him in Austin. I've met him in Austin. I've met him in person, I think twice. But a great rugby guy, and I've had a lot of rugby chats with him. So Murph 530, who I still don't know is a boy or girl. Um, it's good to have her, it, him, them in, in our in our chats. You are gay. Uh, anyway, guys, so many others that were in the live chats today. We thank you. Thank all of our paid members um, for continuing to support this show and to help it grow. Um, because getting guys on like uh, getting guys on like Rob Herking doesn't it's not free, right? Costs us a lot of money. Uh, I think to get a consultation from him, it's about five thousand dollars. Right. <laughs> retainer. Uh, just, we have him on retainer. We have him he on has retainer. a retainer, and we got to pay for his retainer. retainer. We have to pay for retainer. his retainer. Michael August, uh, thank you for joining in the live chats as well. Jenny, uh, Jenny, not a cop. Um, you know the uh, reason I'm Brian W. Imperial girl. Uh, anyway, thank you guys all so much. Uh, and go ahead over to ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Also, Manscaped, get you that in your beard chamber. Uh, um, use that promo code Wolfpack as well. As for Drew Breezy and myself, Eric Tanzi, this has been another failure to stop breakdown case. Until next time, guns up, giddy up. Why are you gay? <laughs>